What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time show here giving you that Knicks talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to celebrate because the Knicks beat the Bulls. 116 to 100. Jalen Brunson, your favorite chucker, gives you 31 points and 13 assists, all right? Julius Randle is a monster and gives you 35 points, four assists, and six rebounds. Guess who else is joining the monster gang? Zaya Hartenstein is a beast. Gives you 10.20 rebounds, career high 20 rebounds, and career high five blocks. The Knicks overcome 13 turnovers in the first half, only commit two in the second half, and have 29 assists on the night. Ebony would be proud. And the Knicks did their thing, man. OG Ananobi as well. That guy, he did all the little things. He gave you deflections. He gave you eight rebounds, two assists, and the team high plus 35 on the night. And the Knicks beat the Bulls. And we are celebrating because we are undefeated in 2024. And we going to talk about it all, the good, the bad, the ugly, a lot of good today. So let's get to it. I'm going to introduce my guys. You already know. Uh, my guy at the stats and the facts, Ryan G's in the building and ESPN contributor, posting toasting contributor, Lee Escobedo also in the building. Let's get it. Guys, how you doing, guys? How you doing, uh, Lee? And how, 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 how you feeling like this game, man? I know you excited. I am feeling amazing. Guys, we are very, very close to a championship. I feel it in my gut. I feel it in my soul. I really think the chip is close. I don't think we need a superstar. I don't even think we need a star. I think we just need a really solid playmaker off the bench to replace IQ's minutes. Jordan Clarkson would be optimum. We can also bring in Kelly Olenek. We can win it all this year. I don't think we need a Donovan Mitchell-type deal. What I love about Leon Rose and why I think he's been the best team builder of the last 30 years, maybe 25 years, um, is, is he builds the roster with plan B's and plan C's. There's depth. So when you make a trade for a guy like OG, you still have roster depth across the board. You're able to consolidate in subsequent trades. And we have a really amazing starting five right now. Yeah. And a very solid, solid bench. And we can improve that because he's retained all of our draft picks. And we still have some tradable contracts, even more tradable con contracts by next summer. So I'm really excited about our flexibility and options moving forward. This isn't where we trade for Melo and then we were kind of stuck <clears throat> roster-wise and cap-wise. We got a lot of opportunities here. I think if we had a playmaker and some shooting up front, we can actually go all the way this year. Ooh, ooh, ooh. There go the C word. The C word is popping up again. Ooh, I, I get excited. I get excited. I, I really like OG's fit here. You know me. I missed, I want to see more. I definitely want to see more. The Timberwolves was a great statement win for us, but we got a game versus the 76ers. That's going to be another statement game where we got to show up and show out. I, I mean, for me, I want to see those games. And 
The stretch five conundrum. We have to solve the Rubik's Cube, which is the stretch five. We have not played well with teams with stretch five so far this year. I want to see that. But like uh, Perk said, I do believe we are knocking at that door. All right. Having the having that production from OG who can give you threes, can go to the hole, is he is he he's uh what's the word I'm looking for? He unselfish, he plays with the flow of the offense. He's he's the perfect fit for us so far. And he, and you can put him on the, the team's best offensive play. He was guarding everybody. DeRozan, he he was guarding uh he was guarding the the Pulls big man. Um why am I forgetting his name? Andre Drummond. He he did he does all the little things that you don't really necessarily see on a stat sheet the stat sheet and that's exactly what the Knicks needed today. Ryan G, what did you think of the game? What did you think of shoot even Lee's comments if you want to comment on that as well? Um, I do believe that the Knicks are close. I do believe that it's going to take one high level playmaker to really complete the roster because the second unit does need help. The Knicks have a very strong first unit with the addition of OG in the lineup, but that second unit is lacking in playmaking and the offense can definitely be stagnant with the second unit out there. I think what's I think what saved the second unit from being blown out the building sometimes is the fact that, you know, they're defensively sound, you know, yeah. they're defensively solid. So that will keep them in games, but with the lack of creation with the second unit, it's going to be tough to generate any type of offense unless you're either overplaying Julius Randle or you're overplaying Jalen Brunson. So that so I think that playmaker is essential for the Knicks to get to that next level. As for this game tonight, the first half was shaky, 13 turnovers, but I wasn't worried because if the Knicks if the Knicks are gonna turn over the ball 13 times and still be within four, yeah, you're I in wasn't trouble. worried. <laughs> in my mind, I was like, you know what? If the Knicks take care of the ball in the second half, they win this game. And sure enough, they took care of the ball in the second half and they won the game. There were definitely effort plays that I love tonight. It's specifically one in the fourth quarter where the Knicks were getting a bunch of Offensive rebounds that ended in an OG Ananobi slam. Mm -hmm. Like that play specifically, I thought put the icing on the cake and pretty much deflated the Bulls for the rest of the game. And another thing, I'm about I'm about to shed a tear right now because Julius Randle. I'm about, I'm about to shed a tear oh, right now. Oh man, your I'm, man, I'm about to shed yo, a tear yo, right your man, my guy, Julius Randle, is playing with. Extreme effort. Yes. On the defensive side of the ball. Yes. Extreme, like yeah. I can I cannot remember the last time I've seen Julius Randle play with that much effort on the defensive side, and, and if he can bring that into the playoff, I'm praying to the Almighty Basketball God Please. right now. If Please. he can bring that into the playoffs, oh my gosh, Knicks are going to be a straight problem. Let if the Knicks, if the Knicks can get that playmaker with that second unit, Julius Randle. If you continue playing like this, man, everything I said in the past about you, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I apologize already. I'm still sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Ryan G, I'm like, I'm glad you said something because I I knew I wasn't the only one who noticed. I'm like, yo, the the did his motor just go up? Like, what's happening right now? I 
feel like I feel like he's motivated now that OG is here. Like I, I, I feel like I don't know if he has more energy because he's able to not have to guard the best guy all the time, or yes. or it's the combination because we have a lot of scrappy guys. OG and Hartenstein. If you just watch those guys play all the time, the way they they help they play help defense, recover, go after extra rebounds. Watching them makes you tired. It's hard not to be inspired to join them while you're on the basketball team. So I don't know if it's that. I don't know if he has more energy, but he looks invigorated. The way even like the steal he had on the defensive end where he hustled. And got the seal on the three at the and stole the pass in the three in the corner for the three point line. And then after he stole the pass, darted out for a fast break and finished the layup. I was like, who is this man? Who is this man? Randall Turner going. I already know that's Lee Spirit Animal, so I know Lee was happy to see it. (laughs) I think I picked the right year to make Julius to, to be the leader of a Julius Randall Hive. I said it in the preseason that I was going to dedicate myself to supporting him even during the games that made you want to rip your hair out. And man, you guys are right. The effort is there. And I love the way that he's getting points. He's getting it in the flow of the offense. And when he needs to dominate, he's dominating. We're seeing that finally in the fourth quarter too. He's putting the team on his back. And it's a great balance between him and Brunson who are both playing at the highest level uh, and it, evolving to a, to a degree as well. Brunson with the playmaking, now that he's that guy that can hit shots, and obviously there's fluidity there with his college teammates. And Randall playing both ends of the floor, and JLS, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. No longer does he have to worry about guarding one of the team's best player, if not their best player, on a switch. OG's got everything locked in. Now he's able to play secondary and tertiary uh, s- shooters or scorers and be able to have some relief there without having to exert a whole lot of energy. And him and OG are just a huge line. Yeah. Like, those two guys look like beasts out there. Like, their they're bid, their wingspan, their their chest, like the, the broadness of their shoulders, paws. Like, there's an unbelievably dynamic duo. And it doesn't matter who they get switched on to. Where those young, small guards used to beat us off a dribble, it's not happening anymore. OG's cleaning all that up. And it takes a lot of uh, relief off of Hartenstein as well. Where Hartenstein's able to conserve himself and play and unleash a lot of that more playmaking ability that he has and set an effort on offensive glass. Man, we need a whole show dedicated to Hartenstein. I don't think the three of us have talked about the four of us talked about him enough. Dude has filled in for Mitch unbelievably. I'm not going to you know move the show fat too fast, but I can't wait to talk about our center position now, in the future. Now, now we can get to that. I mean, listen, the the, the defensive the the. The block off the chase down block off the glass from Randall was great. But Hartenstein, Hartenstein is making a case. Hartenstein, Hartenstein is like, you know what, my man Mitch, I see my soldier is down. You was in line for defensive player of the year. Hold my beer. I'm trying to get that award for you. I'm just gonna have a whole hum career high 20 20 rebound night with six blocks. After the game, you you blocked Rudy Gobert like what three times last the last game, and then you come over here and have six blocks and twenty rebounds and play tough nose defense. I'm he's been phenomenal. I'm scared, guys. I'm I'm scared because I don't know if you have enough money to pay all these guys. Like everybody's playing out of their mind. Everybody's playing out of their mind. 
Like, I feel like we need to win a championship now so we have an excuse to pay people and go into the luxury because the front office has done a good job picking out cheap talent from other teams, bring them here, and then max and maximize them. Think about it. Even even back in the Steve Mills, uh, uh, Scott Scott Perry era, we got Julius Randle, who was you know a guy on the Lakers. He was a backup on New Orleans, and now he's averaging damn near twenty seven points over the last month. Jalen Brunson was a backup from the Dallas Mavericks, and he's get he's averaging twenty five points a game right now. Hartenstein is giving you twenty rebounds, and he's with a reclamation project who's jumped from team to team to team. The front offices, even the ones that, even the front office that I wasn't too fond of because they was doing weird stuff in the media, Bill Jackson. <laughs> but they at least they they set us on the right track, and now we have a bunch of guys who just got out the dirt, and they're turning into starters and all stars. Like this is this is crazy. I have found that I don't need to tell people on in Nigerian's Twitter how stupid they are because history ends up showing them themselves. Like to, to criticize the job Leon Rose has done and Tom Thibodeau has done, what are the results? Everyone that comes to the Knicks plays the best basketball of their career. Isaiah Hartenstein, Josh Hart, Dante DiVincenzo, Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, the list goes on. They all play the best basketball of their career. And the guys we draft, eventually evolve into solid bona fide starters. RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Emmanuel Quickly. Like I don't understand the hatred vitriol and wanting him to be gone in the middle of the season at this point when the not only has the regular season showed you, the playoffs have showed you too. This guy is a great coach. He's not top five, but he's damn he's top three in the East. And I, I would take him over just about any other coach in the Eastern Conference if we went up against outside of Spo. And I love having him. These players play hard for them. He's never lost a locker room. These guys continue to bust their ass midway through the season. Even when injuries go down, someone steps up. It doesn't matter who it is. I love that about this team. And you have to credit Leon Rose and tips for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I do want to throw in something about Leon Rose as well, because I think people, I think fans don't give this Knicks front office enough credit because if you look at it every, every season, the Knicks have made the playoffs. The front office always has made a move that propels this team to another level. The first year they made the playoffs, it was Derrick Rose. And Derrick Rose helped bring this team to the next level. And the next season they made the playoffs was Josh Hart. Josh Hart ends up invigorating the roster, get them to the next level. Now this season they bring in OG. And OG seems like this team, he, he, he brings the team up a notch, especially with the starting lineup. And showing up the defense. Now the Knicks defense is looking like the Knicks defense. Now, now they're playing defense like the way they should be. Early in the season, they were giving up 110 points, 120 points in games, and now they're and not now they're getting back to how they used to play defense. You know, um, last season, uh, last season on the Thibs, and and the fact that they were able to pull this trade off, and like and like Lee said, like everybody who it seems that who they brought to the Knicks. They've been growing in their roles, and the fact that the Knicks have a have a good starting lineup, and with the assets that they have, they can bring in somebody else. Where if they get the right player, it's going to take this team over the top. I'm not sure how you can really be upset at this regime right now. Like this is the, this is probably the best regime we've had since the '90s. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. 
Save checkers. People are upset out of habit, Ryan. They're upset out of habit. They're used to being upset year after year. Uh, you know, it's like it's like when you go. It's like when you have a bad girlfriend after a bad girlfriend, then you have a good girlfriend that you don't know that she's good because you're so used to the bad that you don't even recognize the signs. And what you do is you end up sabotaging it. And I think that's what's happening. They have PTSD from past situations and don't really recognize when good things are happening because they've been in so many back-to-back bad situations. And we're in a good situation right now. And y'all Knicks fans, y'all need therapy. I'm sorry. <laughs> y'all need therapy. Facts. Facts. Y'all need therapy. But and, and you know, hold up. Before I even go on, shout out. Shout out to my day one in the chat, Edson Sean. I see you, my guy, KOT OG original. You started the show out in the in the mama garage. Salute to you, guy, man. Salute to you, Edson. Yes, sir. Salute to you. And Discord is indeed open if you want to talk. We'll patch you in and talk next basketball. Uh, I haven't pinned it, but mm. there you go. Discord is in the chat. All right. But yeah, like I said before, Hartenstein definitely making a push for a defensive player of the year because back to back back to back games where he has 20 rebounds and uh obscene amount of blocks he's going to be tested versus the 76ers but i can't wait to see this test all right and you know what else i can't wait to see i can't wait to see Jalen brunson turn the corner because my guy has 31 points 13 assists. He's been called a chucker. He doesn't pass the ball enough, all this other stuff. And you know, some 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 of it, some there some criticism is deserved. But I've always had a theory that if you give these men shot makers and not just shot takers, those assists will go up. And also other people who actually can move the ball too. And this is exactly what is happening. You have Dante DiVincenzo in a starting lineup who's hitting threes. He's 11th in the league in, uh, in, in three-point production. You have OG who didn't shoot well from three today. But guess what he can do? He can finish at the rim. This is, this is, I, shout, I, shout out to RJ. He wasn't really doing that when you was here. But we have somebody who can hit threes and finish at the rim. And guess what now? When he passes the ball, he's actually getting assists instead of getting that zero. So uh, I'm loving the Jalen Brunson game today. 13 assists today, 14 assists the game before, and the efficiency was back today. Uh, 59% from the field, 44% for three. The only thing was the four turnovers in the first half. He just has to realize, he has to pass the ball a little bit earlier. Like I feel like he's trying to draw two to the ball and get too deep in the paint and pass the ball, and that's when it gets deflected, and that's when he gets in trouble. He has to pass the ball a little bit earlier to those shooters, but uh, he didn't turn the ball over. I don't think he turned the ball over the second half, though, but uh, great game for Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, who both had 30-point games. I don't know if you guys have anything to add. Yeah, with Brunson, see, with Brunson, even before he had an uptick in assists and things of that nature, Brunson was, Brunson was always one of the best point guards in the East. But the fact that now he's passing the ball and actually getting guys easier shots, getting guys open shots and things of that nature, 
and actually have guys that you're going to trust on the roster to pass the ball to, I think it's going to propel Brunson into that upper echelon of point guards where it's like he's going to be up there with the, I guess, quote-unquote, like like the like the season Tyrese Halliburton is having and players like that where they're like the top tier point guards in the league. Jalen Jalen Brunson is entering that stratosphere right now because the Knicks are surrounding him with players that he can actually trust and pass the ball to, and they're actually hitting their shots, or they're actually diving to the basket and getting easy getting easy shots off of his passes. So it's just amazing to see the uptick in play with. Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle once they Knicks made that move with, with a guy that actually fits into the offense. And yeah, if Jalen Brunson can, continues to play like this, it, it, it might be more than all NBA in his future. JL, it's, I, I wore my uh, Glock rosary tonight because I have a full clip of hot tights. <laughs> I'm going to drop a few of them on the show for y'all to enjoy. Julius Randle is setting the best power forward in the NBA after Giannis. Julius Randle I, this year. Is, I, I'm I'm with you and low key. Hmm? I I appreciate that. I'm with you. Like I'm not gonna hold you. See, I be I be I be thinking that in my head, but I don't be saying that out loud yet. I'll say for. I've been thinking that in my head for about like two or three weeks. Because when when Randle is going up against the other team's best power forward, he's been outplaying them every single time. Even Giannis. The only thing that really separated Giannis from Randall right now is the team has more wins, and Giannis is averaging more points per game. But that, but his points per game is starting to tick up. So, like, if you start to get more wins, then you can definitively say yes, he's the second best power forward. But it's looking like that right now. So I'm with you. Julius Randall, the second best power forward in NBA. He's All NBA. He's a he's an All Star, and he should be an MVP candidate as well. I think right now he's probably top four, in my opinion, for what he's doing for the Knicks. Him and Brunson are a top three duo in the NBA. I think that would give Giannis and Dame Lillard a spot above them, and I might consider Maxi and Embiid in that position as well. But it's, you have to fight tooth and nail, come up with a duo that might be better than them, both of them being amazing, not one being better than the other, but both being really high level, those two guys. I also think, and JLS, you said this the other day, and I shot you down, but I've been thinking about it, man. Isaiah Hartenstein might be a better fit with this starting lineup than Mitch. I'm not saying we should trade Mitch. I'm not saying yet we should bench Mitch. I'm just thinking about it. And I'm watching the outlet passes and the the very minimal drop-off in rim protection and offensive rebounding and shot blocking, I heart due to dog. And he is able, he has better hands than Mitch. He's able to finish around the rim better than Mitch. And I trust his putbacks even more than Mitch. Mitch has a hard time completing things when he, when there's contact and when he gets fouled. I, I for his size and strength, he should get more and ones than he does. But iHeart's passing ability, instincts, and high level IQ in the flow of a game, I think with this starting five being less of like a of a shot creator starting five and guys that kind of like Divincenzo and and um, OG, he might be the better person to start. Mitch might be better off the bench, or maybe you just start them based on circumstance and situation on who you're playing. But it's a hell of a situation to be in. It's amazing that we're in a, this spot where we have this type of – we've had it first with IQ and Brunson. Now we're having it with iHeart and Mitch. It's a really nice team. Again, Leon Rose has put together, and I think he deserves his flowers. 
So that's my full clip. I yeah. just unloaded. That's, that's the okay, okay, okay. I have a lot of thoughts. I'm gonna let Ryan G get his off first, but I have a lot of thoughts. But I'm sure you guys in the chat do too. If you want, if you want to, if you if you ever want to react, I'm sure some of you might. Discord is open. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not even gonna front. Like seeing iHeart play, especially the last couple of games. It does have me second thinking about if he would be better for the starting lineup than Mitch. I'm not even gonna lie about that. Because iHeart is playing outstanding right now. He's rebounding the ball. He's even grabbing offensive boards where Mitch excels at. He's playing good defense. The Knicks are and the Knicks at the moment you can say the Knicks aren't really missing Mitchell Robinson in the starting lineup the way iHeart is playing right now. So Thinking about it future-wise, it does make you kind of question if when Mitch comes back healthy, do you insert him back into the starting lineup? Right. Or do you stick with iHeart in the starting lineup and have Mitch come off the bench? And right now I'm conflicted. I, I don't I don't know which direction I want to go in at the moment. If especially if iHeart continues to play the way he's playing, because there's benefits with both of them on the court because if you have Mitch in that starting lineup, the defense is going to be off the chain. Yep. It's going to be it's going to be nearly impossible for teams to score. But if iHeart's on the court, he opens up the offense a bit more with his passing ability. So it's tough. It's like yeah, the way iHeart is playing, it's really making you ask the question: Do you want to stick with Mitch in the starting lineup, or do you want to give it to iHeart? It, it's it's closer than you think. It's really it's it's just closer than you think. That's all I'm saying. And, and this is not the because Mitch, Mitch is one of my favorite players too. He's he's no slouch. It's just close. It's it's you know what it is. It's like um, okay. So for instance, the 76ers, right? This a guy like a guy like Embiid. I definitely want to have Mitch for a matchup like Embiid because I don't think he's gonna have the size to even contain him. Um, and but you know. At the same time, I didn't think Hartenstein would have the size to contain with Gobert, but he blocked me. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But I definitely still feel more comfortable with Mitch banging with those bigger centers. Um, but what Art iHeart is doing is so think about the team, right? Jalen Brunson, 13 assists. He's still no Halliburton, right? He Jalen Brunson is not some like cerebral. I can think of three plays before it opens up type of passer. He's still like a, he's kind of like drive and kick type of guy, right? And he also does pocket pass type of guy. He hasn't really gotten good with the lob. That's not his game. But with Hartenstein, he's comfortable drawing the pocket pass to Hartenstein on the move. He's not comfortable doing miss the pocket pass. I haven't, and having him be on the move and finish. So like there's certain things that fit with the starting unit better and the way he the way he opens up their game I don't know, it makes it I don't know, it makes it better for me and then also the fact that playoff time might come right like I kind of see I kind of see Hartenstein as a, like our weird version of Draymond Green where we don't have a lot of playmaker. We don't have like we lost the playmaker in RJ Barrett, but we if we use Hartenstein as like a 
guy who can cut off ball, then maybe you can play Jalen Brunson off ball some with our starting unit and still keep some spacing sometimes. You know what I mean? So that's that's the kind of way I'm thinking because I know people are talking about bringing DeJounte Murray here and stuff like that. But DeJounte Murray, like as, as we've been saying before in this program, he hasn't done well shooting catch and shoot threes. Um, so the spacing would the spacing with him versus Dante is is, is going to I feel like it's going to go back to like RJ ish status with the spacing and that's not what I want. I would like to keep the I would like to keep the spacing the way it is and then maybe even introduce some more passing with Hartenstein and then I think we can really be unpredictable and get something moving here. So I don't I I don't that's what I'm thinking. That's just what I'm thinking here. But the thing is, I don't think it's going to be back to RJ type of spacing because even even if he's not a great catch and shoot three point shooter, he's still shooting thirty eight percent from three for the season. You have to respect yeah. his shot regardless. Yeah, I you guess can, if... you, can, you 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 can't you can't just be like you know what that's him that's the Jonathan Murray on the on the three point line. I'm not gonna guard him. Like you still got to respect his shot. He's shooting thirty eight percent from three. You, you know what you know what I'll say. Though? It might work more if Dejounte is. Is handling the ball when Brunson is on the floor? Maybe that's the solution. Sometimes I don't know, but then you want Brunson to be the guy who's closing for you. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's it's I don't know. It's just something to think about. It's just something. To Call think me about. crazy. I don't even think we need Ajante guys. <laughs> I don't think I, we need him either. I don't. I, I agree. I agree with JLS. Carson. Just just give me just give me somebody just give me somebody off the bench. Just give me yep. a creator off the bench. That's really I what agree. I want. Give me a creator off the bench. We have movement shooting on our from our two guard for the first time in a long time. Um, to get rid of that now, after seeing all the spacing we have, like you see how much space got, uh, Brunson and Randall have to just punish people without yep. without people just over helping and like they dropping thirty on people's head, efficient thirties now that they have the extra space. So I don't wanna, I don't want to lose that, but also want I need some playmaking. To mix things up some sometimes, so maybe a playmaker off the bench could help. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, it I, I mean, go ahead, Ryan. No, no. All, all I was saying is that the only reason I, the only reason like I would prefer a higher level type of player that can facilitate and score the ball at times is because the playoffs. Like I'm not gonna lie, I'm still concerned about. Julius Randle because he hasn't shown that he can actually perform in the playoffs like right. that. So for me, I I just want the high level guy there just in case it doesn't pan out. But it like but if Julius Randle plays the way he's playing now in the playoffs, then yeah, all you need is a bench guy that can facilitate and allow Brunson to rest and work with the second unit. Yeah, but but that's my only concern. That's why that's why I'm like you know I rather go after a high level guy where it's like all right, well. Just in case Julius Randle doesn't play like himself in the playoffs, like he's shown in the past, at least you have another guy there that you could probably depend on to at least get buckets for you and at least facilitate the offense to help Brunson out a bit. That's just my thinking. But either way, I'm like, I think we're on the same page where it's a really a facilitator, like that's like the Knicks need a second facilitator to really, yeah, you know, complete the roster. I agree because what. I was going to add that it's not just Hartenstein, it's DiVincenzo that's allowing us to be able to say, hey, we just need a backup playmaker. DiVincenzo brings above average everything to that starting unit. 
I mean, he gives you when you need more of a scoring punch, he steps in and gives it to you. He is a flamethrower and our best three point shooter. Him and Brunson, very close. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. Divincent is a movement movement shooter. He's also a great catch and shoot. He's also great for pulling up uh, in a fast break. He he didn't hit the three ball anyway, which is going to play really well to us when the game slows down and we need different kinds of looks in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Because like even. And OG, OG adjusted in the second half, right? But look at look at the shots that look at the shots that Devo was getting in the first half versus the shots that OG was getting in the first half. OG he, he's in the corner and he can shoot those corner threes, but he's not like the I'm gonna move around the three point line to find the open angle to get the shots. D, that's Devo's specialty. So like you'll see these defenses, uh, you'll see the defense shot deny, and Devo will find that open spot, and he had like more shots than OG did. Now, OG adjusted in the second half and decided to just cut to the basket and he's able to score that way. But that's the type of shooting, the type of play that we need next to Brunson to kind of give us a little bit of room. So I, I don't want to disturb that at all. You know Agreed. I mean? uh, Agreed. So, so, yeah, I would love that. I, I know I know. Ebony says no Lego men, but I would I would give a I would give a pick away I would give a pick for uh, Malcolm Brown off the bench in a heartbeat I would do that ooh, ooh. I would do it in a heartbeat mm. I'd do it in a heartbeat yeah, I mean it's worth the risk it's worth the risk he's been fairly healthy this season so it's worth the risk he he, he might hold up he might <laughs> I would do it in a heartbeat dog you don't even gotta play that listen pay fifteen minutes a game hey if they go if they're trying to trap Brunson too much we need more playmaking play next to Brunson sometimes. Uh, like, I would do that in a heartbeat. Mm. <laughs> in a heartbeat. But salute to you guys. I see you guys in the chat going off. I'm thinking like long paragraphs too. <laughs> 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 I don't know if you guys have seen any good, any good comments you want to point out. <laughs> uh. But it's, but you know, hold on, before I do, let's get to the super chats. My bad. Disrespect. Uh, oh, super chats are welcome, man. Helps keep the lights on. Helps show you appreciate us, and uh, it, it just it just helps support the show. So, salute to Alexander. This is a four twenty super chat. Big surprise. It says, if we win this year, wouldn't RJ plus IQ still get rings? If we win this year, wouldn't RJ plus IQ still get rings? I don't understand the question. No, I think I, I think what the person trying to say is, if the Knicks were to win a championship this year. If IQ and RJ would get rings since they were part of the roster earlier in the season and got traded, I think that's. I think that's. Uh, what the no. Is. Yeah. No, they wouldn't. I'm not sure though. I, I don't know what the um cutoff is for how many games a player has to play on a roster for them to get a ring. I never heard that before. I thought it'd be once yeah, you were happened a couple times in the past. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well. Uh. Well. We'll. Whatever, they get one cool. <laughs> Consolation prize? Consolation prize. Hey, I still like these guys. Whatever. All right. Cam Reddish, like me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I kind of feel slighted, though. If I, if I'm me, me being the person I am, if somebody mailed me a ring from the team I got traded for, I'm like, man, you got to keep that bullshit. I don't want to. <laughs> like I probably just give it to a kid, my kid or something. Uh, <laughs> Put up on eBay. Yeah, <laughs> I only I want win my own. Like I got traded for the guy who helped you win the ring. That's crazy. Uh, for real. <laughs> Roberto Rivera Jr. sends a five dollar super chat and said, "Who saw Dolan 
walk into the locker room with OG smiling like crazy on TV. He always leaves before the game ends. Fire emoji, fire emoji, two left emoji. Uh, I didn't see it, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch that either. Dolan happy and at the game, not playing the harmonica. Okay, that's what's up. Sherwin said, folks, teams can't cloud the paint with OG and Dante starting. Rebounds are easier. True. True. Gregory Lee says, we've seen Isaiah Hart more than a sample size, and he's keeping this consistently up. Also true. Also true. Also true. Brogdon and Rozier both come with scary cons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Me. <laughs> mm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um shoot, did I did I hit everything that I really wanted to hit? I think I hit a lot of what I wanted to hit. The only thing I will say is the schedule. The schedule, listen, the Knicks are very fortunate to be where we are right now. Because we we were second in the NBA in road games. And I think it was a four-way tie for most games without any rest. Uh, So for us to have a winning record after that type of schedule, we we are extremely fortunate. And so like when you look, when you kind of project what we're going to be, and you're looking at the schedule in January. It's starting to, it starts to ease up because we've been playing a lot of teams who are over 500. We're starting to kind of hit like a cushy start of schedule. I think we I think what 10 of the next 12 was supposed to be at home, but we played one, so it might be one less now. So if you're looking at the schedule, Looking at the schedule, we got we got the 76ers Friday. It's gonna be a tough one there. The Wizards should be a win. Blazers. I don't want to get ahead of myself. You got Dallas, your boy, your team, Dallas over here. Are you gonna are you gonna go to that game, Lee? I'm doing everything I can to try to get in that game. You know, sneak in my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to the roof like Mission Impossible. <laughs> right, right. I feel you. Uh, they got the Grizzlies on Saturday. That Saturday. Then you got the Magic, the Rockets, the Wizards again, and the Raptors. Then the Nets. So you already know that's a win. <laughs> you already know that's a win. That's going to be a great day at work. And the Nuggets. All right, so the, the schedule is going to look really, it's getting really easy. And we're going to need those wins. Because the standings in the East, tight. Yeah, they're pretty tight. Knicks right now, seventh in the East. This is still play-in area. Uh, we're tied with the Cavs right now. The Nets, we don't have to worry about them. They're sinking like a stone. But we're going to have to make up some ground versus the Pacers, the Magic, and the Heat. Um, the Pacers right now, they just beat the Bucks twice. So they they looking pretty good. I'm not going to hold you. But um, I'm really anxious to play the Magic again because the Magic beat us before, but we didn't have a wing to actually put on Franz in them. So now that we have one, I want to see what they're going to do now. Oh, yeah. Franz was yamming up RJ. Yeah. Yeah. He was yamming up RJ. So 
now that we we have an actual wing to play with against them and one of the top defensive wings in the league, yeah, I want that rematch. And I can't imagine that Brunson's going to have another game like he had against the Magic the first time either. So I, so I feel like we'll be okay. But yeah, and I also feel like with the way the with the way the schedule is set up and seeing that the Knicks are only a half game out of fourth right now, I do expect the Knicks to shoot up this this month with the schedule that we have. Yeah, I would like to be fourth at the end of January. That'd be great. <laughs> it's very doable. Very doable. Yeah, very. And I'm going to say, too, man, we didn't mention it, but Precious Achua had a pretty solid game today. He looked more comfortable this game than he did last, and he's actually a very high rebounder, even in limited minutes. He had three and nine minutes last game. He had three and 11 minutes this game. So if he can – if he those minutes uptick to maybe 15, 16 as the season progresses – depending on if Mitch or Sims comes back that situation, mm-hmm. he's going to be in a really solid backup bid if he slides into the four position. Yeah, you know what it is? He, he's still getting his feet wet, and mm-hmm. he's going against Rudy Gobert. He's like playing defense against Rudy Gobert, and Rudy Gobert is a bohemian. That dude is huge. So yeah. he, And he, he's a center, but he's undersized center. So it, it's, it's one of those it, – it's one of those – this is one of those days where your first game as a Nick, you pull the bad match. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And the Bulls don't really have any big guys like that. You know, the big Bulls have some small bigs too. So he matches up better with the Bulls than he did with the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. So I, I thought mean, you played good, good uh, defense against Patrick Williams in the minutes that they stattered together. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that second unit just needs a little bit more pump, a little bit yes. more um. It seems like for so the Knicks, they extended Magic Bride. They gave him a three-year deal. I forgot the exact number off the top of my brain. I think it's 13 mil. Three, three years. Yeah. Three-year, 13 million for Magic Bride immediately after they traded Emmanuel quickly. And to me, it seems like they, it seems like they're signaling that they want to keep him here long term because behind the scenes, they keep saying that teams want him and they keep thwarting teams like, no, we want to keep him. So I'm looking at this time period like, is this like a, a Miles McBride tryout before we try to make a trade? Because I don't know, because like, the timing of the extension is just interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, but that second unit, like I said, it needs help. Watching Randall, watching Randall with that second unit was kind of giving me flashbacks of the down year Randall. Where he was the only playmaker, teams were focusing in on him. He was trying to post up, spin, and then they would like poke the ball away with a spin. Like a lot of the turnovers came when he was playing with that second unit. And they were just able to key in on him. If Mother Bride is getting his money, I would like him to not just be the guy in the corner and actually try to make some plays. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. I don't know if it's like a Tibbs thing because where he doesn't trust Miles McBride to do it or if it's a random thing because he's like, give me the ball. But if you're going to pay the guy, if you're going to invest in the guy, we need to see if you can actually make him some sort of playmaker and not just play every possession through Julius Randle. That's yep. that because we already know from experience as great as Randle's been this year playing every single possession with Julius Randle and not having another playmaker on the floor 
you've already seen from experience is a recipe for disaster. Talk to him, Jay. Yeah, and I think it's about time. Let the deuce loose. Let the deuce loose. So if it's let the deuce loose or even Grimes loose or what, but like even the Grimes minutes was like weird because it felt like his 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 response to not having a playmaker was like, no, nah, I'm gonna just shoot a quick three. I'm gonna just shoot a quick three. I'm gonna just and it was just like uh this is not this is not working. <laughs> This is not working, and if and you looking up, Jalen Brunson is going to be playing forty two minutes a game. If that's the way the second unit defense is going, second unit offense is going to work, so we we have to shore that up. Yes. All right. All right. But uh, I mean that's all really all. I don't even. Do you guys want to talk about this? This the Ian Begley reports. About the Knicks, Knicks saying they have enough trade capital left after OG and an OB to make a significant deal. Yeah, I think we all know that. Yeah. Yeah. You think we all? I I guess what what is what is significant? I guess what's the significant deal? Because IQ was me was probably our best trade asset outside of Brunson. So when you're looking, so let me read. Let me read this article real quick. I mean, they have eight tradable picks. There we go. To acquire, yeah, to acquire enough assets to acquire Ananobi, the Knicks sent out R.J. Barrett quickly and viable 2024 second round pick that belongs to Detroit Pistons. Some fans, media, myself included, suggested after the trade that the Knicks no longer had the trade capital to swing a big deal. So myself included, me Ian Begley also feels that way. Interesting. Uh, some in the organization disagree with that idea. They feel like they have enough left to land a top player. New York has eight tradable first round picks, including four of its own. The four picks from other teams are protected. Some have significant protections, but uh, the picks from Dallas and the ticks from the Bucks should definitely convey. So. At least two of those picks should be deemed valuable for yep. the teams. The Wizards pick probably not so much because the Wizards suck. <laughs> and I forgot the other pick that's available. But Detroit. Detroit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Detroit is and Detroit. Oh God bless Detroit. Twenty eight. Yeah, this is gonna probably end up with a number one pick again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For for sure. Reasonable people can disagree over the value of New York's assets, but there are open. But there are other people in the organization who feel like they have enough to bring in another significant player. Is this a delusion, though? Like, I, what's the what's? I don't. I don't know if we have another significant player because when he says significant, I'm thinking all star, right? Yeah, that that's what I would think. As far as players, Evan Fournier expiring $18 million. Randall, Quentin Grimes, Dante DiVincenzo, Mitchell Robinson, Jericho Sims, and Isaiah Hartenstein are all, are all tradable eligible. Or are, I'm sorry, are all trade eligible. Josh Hart and Miles McBride cannot be traded prior to the 2024 deadline. So I don't know. And it also mentions that Shams says that the Knicks still have interest in Carl Anthony Towns. Which I find hard to believe. 
That's Dursan Rosas. Oh, you think that's you think that's just him and then and nobody else? I think maybe Leon because he, I think Leon used to be his agent if memory serves correct. But Gerson for sure. I mean, coming from Mini, that 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 was his project. So that that wouldn't surprise me at all that Gerson yeah. maybe and maybe Leon to an extent are fans of him. But well, you know, you don't pay that fifty-five million dollar contract with Julius Randle. That's that's a hell no for me. I, I don't want to trade Mitch and sure as hell not for him. Yeah, because that's another theory. Some people are saying, hey, pair Cat with Randall nah, so no. we can just have some high-powered yeah. offense and we're not going to be able to defend the Celtics, so let's just out-firepower them. I've heard that <laughs> theory, and I'm not sure if I'm a fan of that. No. And yeah. even with the pieces left, I guess if you if you're if you want draft picks and that's your and that's your sole purpose, we have the draft picks. They mentioned Julius Randle in this player eligible to be traded paragraph, but I don't see the Knicks moving Julius Randle for anybody that's not a front court player, not named Giannis Antetokounmpo or uh, Joel Embiid. I just don't see it. <laughs> and rightly so. Yeah. Yeah. And I know people might look at the assets and think that the Knicks probably don't have enough to land a big player, but I don't think so. And I think watching ESPN earlier today, I think Woj pretty much hit hit the nail on the, on the head because things are going to have to swing in the right direction for the Knicks to land that big star if the front office is going in that direction. It's going to depend on contract, meaning is that player approaching the end of his contract? Mm-hmm. And and the team is aware that this player is not going to re-sign, so they have to get something for that player. So now that's giving that team pressure where it's like, you know what? We cannot wait for the quote-unquote big deal or whatever the case may be. We have to try to grab whatever we can get to replace this player because – if we don't, we're going to lose this player on a free because this player doesn't plan to resign with the team. And on top of that, we might need a star to probably be like, you know what? Uh, put pressure on the organization and be and be like, I don't want to be here no more. Let me force my way to the Knicks. And that's going to put pressure on the organization to actually negotiate with the Knicks and see what kind of deal you can come up with. I agree with you guys. Like, I don't think we need a big star. Per se, but if that's the direction the front office is going, I can see why they believe they can still land a start. It's just that the circumstances have to be right to do so. Yeah. And Woj has kind of already mentioned that there are teams who will be approaching this second apron as at the end of the season. And we were we talked about we've talked to nausea about the repercussions of reaching that second apron and how it handicaps you into making further moves. So there might be talent available, good talent available, just because teams might be wanting to get rid of a player that uh, will make them reach that second apron, and maybe the Knicks will target those type of teams. Um, That's just something to look out for. Uh, And shoot, that that still might end up being the Hawks and DeJounte Murray. I don't know. It still might end up being DeJounte. Like, I don't see Mitchell. Ah, I still don't see Mitchell. I don't even know. I don't even know who the Knicks would be targeting at right now outside of DeJounte, really. Question for the for the group. 
if we traded our not our remaining assets, but a portion of them to Utah, along with Grimes and uh, Evan, and we got back Kelly Olynyk to be our backup center, and we got back Jordan Clarkson to be our backup point guard. So we had a starting five: Brunson, Divincenzo, OG, Randall, and Iheart. The bench was Kelly Olynyk, Josh Hart, uh, Jordan Clarkson, and Precious Achua. Could we win the championship? Because I say hell yes. We we'd be we'd be pretty damn close. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's, if it's a championship roster per se, but the Knicks would be pretty damn close. They would be knocking on the door. I think we'd be through the door, and that's without Mitch. That's keeping Mitch as. What's the second lineup again? You said Clarkson, Hart, Precious, and Kelly Olynyk, stretch five. Clarkson, Hart, Precious, and Kelly Olynyk. Clarkson, Hart, Precious. It's that. Hmm. Man, you know what? I still feel like that needs a little shooting. I guess that's what it is. It needs a little shooting. That second. It's on Hart, right? If Hart's hot or not. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Mm. But that playmaking, the playmaking will definitely be there. Yeah, playmaking will definitely be there. Kelly Olynyk is a solid playmaker too for a five. I mean, maybe the Kelly Olynyk shooting with spacing would help us have to score, so we don't need as much shooting. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The one thing I do know is that the Knicks would definitely be formidable. Like the Knicks would not be easy out in the playoffs, and when they go up against the Celtics and the Bucks, they would they would definitely have a fighter's chance to beat those teams. For sure, is averaging forty one percent from three, five <laughs> assists a game. Who? Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, that's nice. Five assists, forty one percent from three. Him on the bench with Clarkson. Championship. I think that's a level move we need, which is not much. Mm. I'm talking about sets man of a year. Parts is a unbelievable. He's one of the best backup point guards in the NBA. Olenek's a proven big, but man, the, the type of offensive dexterity and creativeness, the different rotations we could do. Oh man. Yeah, I mean, no. What are you saying, Jay? It could work. Let me think on that. It could work. I mean, yeah, so like you don't you lose the grind shooting in that shooting guard spot, but you gain it, you gain it at center, and then you open up driving lanes. It could work. It's something that can right. happen. And in terms of draft capital, I imagine it'd be maybe our pick up, our pick this upcoming summer and the Mavs pick, which I think is fair value. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think in the chat? What do you think in the chat? I think now that I think about it. I think with that kind, I think with if the Knicks make that kind of move, they'll beat the Bucks. I think they yep. would beat the Bucks. Celtics, I'm still iffy on. I think that's gonna be a I think that's gonna be a tough fight it out seven game series. But I think with that line, I think with those two additions, I think Knicks beat the Bucks at least. Yeah, cause because the thing it's always helped with the Celtics, cause cause the thing with the, the thing with KP is KP can hit the threes and he can play defense. Kelly Olynyk. He can hit the threes. His defense is not at the level, but um, 
we can I don't know. It might be close. That might be it might be close. We might have a little more firepower off the bench. Yeah, it might be you might be in there. You might it might be a slugfest. I think about that. I thought about it all day since the since a win last game. I'm like, man, those two guys on the same team. It might the package might end up being more because it's Danny Ainge and he doesn't deal in in good faith. But if we could get those two guys, man, we would be so creative. I think our I think our offensive ability would surpass Tibbs' limitations because of the playmaking between iHeart and Olenek and Clarkson and Brunson. And hell, even Randall. DiVincenzo. Yeah. Sherwin says Tibbs is not playing Kelly Olenek. That's that's always a possibility. <laughs> That is always a possibility, uh, for sure. Interesting question. Interesting question. All right, all right. Good show, guys. It's almost one in the morning. Yo, y'all crazy. It's one in the morning. Sixty people in the chat. So guys. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing what happens when the, when the Knicks win. We'll be over there celebrating yeah. at almost one a.m. in the morning. Fucking Knicks basketball. We beat the Bulls. It wasn't even a crazy team. We beat the damn Bulls. All right. <laughs> But shout out to you guys, everybody rock with the KLT show. If you like the show, hit that like and subscribe button. We here after every game talking that Knicks basketball. All right. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good talking talking Knicks. If you have anything else you guys want to add or say, speak now. Only got broad picks. Oh, we got bro. Of course we do. Bruh. Of course we do. I'm bugging. Bro picks. All right. And for guys who don't know. Probably, I don't know if you know or not. Broad picks are usually the worst plays of the game. And it doesn't have to be even this game. It could be any game. Or also, it could just be anything stupid or happen or dumb that you want to point out and say it's stupid or dumb. All right? So, Ryan G. I already, I already know one broad pick. I'll tag you on one broad pick. I might have yeah, to, I might have yeah, to, yeah, I might have to cue this up. Wait a minute. I might have to cue this up. <laughs> yeah, one of, one of the people is definitely obvious. <laughs> it happened tonight. <laughs> it is good. <laughs> I'm going to have to cue this up because, bruh, hold on a minute. I have, wait, I have, to, I have to search you. I have to search. Yeah, so while Jay Ellis is searching for this clip, I'm sure if y'all were watching the game tonight between between the Knicks and the Bulls, our guy, Josh Hart, had the ball at the top of the key. He was he saw Dante DiVincenzo in the corner, open for the corner three. My guy was like, you know what? I'm going to feed him. I'm going to get this easy assist because Dante is shooting red hot from three in the corner. My guy makes the pass, and it flies all the way into the stands in like the 10th Bruh. row. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to the glitch on the on the screen and messed up the. There we go. Look, look, what's over there? <laughs> look at this. Look at this. Oh, his face. His facial expression was twice as too. It was just like, uh, whoops. Yeah, like yeah. Now that was crazy. If you look, I move the screen over even more. There's not. This it's 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 nobody. Over there. It's no. It's nobody. But yeah, broad pick for Josh. <laughs> My next broad pick goes to Andre Drummond, who will probably make Shaq in the full also because if he was <laughs> last night's game against the Philadelphia 76ers in Philly, my guy Andre Drummond had a wide open lane for a dunk. 
My guy dives to the basket, gets the ball, rises up, and bricks the one-handed dunk. He took the ball. He bricks a one-handed dunk? Oh, man. Why does Andre Drummond's facial hair look like a porn star? All of a sudden. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I'm sorry. Damn. It, it wasn't just me, like the mustache with the the shave. Like before we had like the whole beard. I was like, okay, but I don't know. That's just me. My bad. That was me. <laughs> my bad. And my next bro pick goes to the NBA countdown crew. Of Stephen A. Smith, Bruh. Michael Wilbon, Bruh. and the rest of the crew. Because when it's on, when it comes to ESPN, if it's not Kendrick Perkins, if it's not Zach Lowe, I don't want to hear nobody else's thoughts on the Knicks because it's clear because it's clear they do not know what the hell they're talking about when it comes to the Knicks, and it's clear that they don't watch the Knicks, they're not knowledgeable about the Knicks. And it's just a pain to hear them talk about the Knicks. Oh, yeah. Let me shout out my girl, Shanae, too, because Shanae is also very sure knowledgeable yeah, as well. But when, but when it comes to Stephen A. Smith, Michael Wilbon, even though Golden State's former GM, I forgot his name right now. I can't think Myers. of it. Myers. Myers. Yeah, even though they do have their good takes at times, but when it comes to the Knicks, it's just pure trash that they speak, and it's clear that they're not in tune with what's, with what's going on with the Knicks. And honestly, if it's not Kendrick Perkins, Zach Lord, Chene, I really don't give a damn. Or Monica, I don't really yeah, give a damn about. I don't, care either. I, don't, I don't give a damn what anybody else got to say about the Knicks. Their, their opinion to me automatically goes in the trash. Bruh. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can we have a bruh pick for Gilbert Arena still? Bruh. Oh, my God. <laughs> bruh. Yeah, Gilbert, yeah, Gilbert Arena. Dude. <laughs> Yo, dude, Gilbert Arenas is having his Knicks talk. First of all, I feel like I feel like Gilbert Arenas is, is trolling. Like, I'm convinced. He's like, I'm going to talk about the Knicks to get engagement, and I'm going to just say the wildest thing I could think of. So he, so my man is talking, and he's talking about, he has this whole speech about how the Knicks are always, always over the luxury tax and they always overpaying and have all this salary and they they have top four salary in the NBA all the time and they never get anywhere. I'm like, dog, what year are you in? <laughs> like, are you stuck in like 2015 or something? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, update your OS, my guy. You don't know, like, what are you, what are you? <laughs> Like, Back in my like, why are you telling old stories? That hasn't happened. And not what's been happening, like, like. And then on top of that, he ends up going. The Knicks need a star. They need to get somebody like Jalen Green. <laughs> <laughs> Who's been in and out of the rotation? Not even starting consistently. Shooting tear, having a horrible year. So, so you 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 want us to get from under the cap and sign Jalen Green? That's your your big okay. All right. I I mean, he got one or two right. He said Ant Edwards is one of his. Okay, one, well, he got there, man. One or two right. Yeah, but the, but the other one was just way off. Like Jalen Green. Yeah. So you know what, I, I Gilbert, 
If the Knicks could get Ant Edward, wouldn't you think they would go out and get Ant Edward? Like, come on now. It's not, it's not just we can just go, you know what? Save all your money for Ant Edward and you would win. Like, duh. I feel like 29 other teams would come up with the exact same idea, but they would not be able to do that. Like, like, I don't know. It's, no, they oversimplified things. Just get the best guy and get him here. What do you think the Knicks have been trying to do for the last 20 years? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. That's my that's my bro pit. I only got one bro pit tonight. I don't know if you guys have been watching the news, but phase one of Jeffrey Epstein's <laughs> list came out, and a certain president uh, was on the flight logs. Our main man, Bill Clinton. My guy, man. <laughs> He has um, made a career of being a slime ball. It's no shocker or surprise that Bill Clinton was hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, I think there was even a report during a testimony of Delane Maxwell, where one of the women who accused them of uh, coercion and, and assault and all that said that Bill, Bill Clinton was like frequently giving massages and like really loved young women. And it's like, man, this guy. Like, <laughs> If there's two people you know who are gonna be on those lists, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, like there's no two sure, ways yeah, about yeah. it. You know, both sure. those scumbags are are hanging out with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, may he rot in hell, man! Unbelievable. That's my bro pick, Damn. Bill Clinton. Bruh. Oh boy. Because we stay with him and still to become president, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> she sold her soul of the devil and lost. Yeah, man, that's <laughs> sucky bet. They have to stay that. Because you have ambition and still that's crazy. Or maybe she loves me. I don't know. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> <sighs> All right. All right. All right. Think 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 good with those bros. I even chipped in with one. Yep. Yeah, there you go. All right, cool. That's the show. Shouts to the chat. Alexander, Marshall L, Stanley Nova, Gregory Lee. Fritz Alexander, best mod in the game. Shout out to, to user UL. And everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. Thomas, if you like the show, hit that like and subscribe. And thank you guys for the super chat. Uh, it helps keep the lights on. Lee, let her know where you can find you, man. Hey, man, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Lee Escobedo, L-E-E-E-S-C-O-B-E-D-O. Book club time. Back into the poetry game. Got my main man, Ocean Vaughn here. Time is a mother. He wrote this book after his mom passed away. It's a lot of it's a lot of poems about him and his mom's relationship. She was a Vietnam uh, immigrant who married a GI and then had him. So he's kind of the, a son of the Vietnam War conflict. Mm-hmm. He writes about uh, by uh, racial heritage, not knowing his father. He writes about substance abuse, growing up gay uh, uh, in Baltimore where he grew up. It's really beautiful. He's a, a Vietnamese American poet, and he's probably one of the best writers in the game right now. Incredible book costs about fifteen bucks at uh, Barnes and Noble. That's what's up. All right, all right. Shout out to everybody who's joined Lee's book club. All right, hey, y'all. <laughs> Ryan G, let them know they can find you. You can find me on Twitter, Ryan G K O T. You can also find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. And yes, tune into the Nick of Time Show where we talk Nick's basketball. And we have Lee's book club review as well. There you go. Where else but here? All right. Back to the books. 
All right, and you already know you can find us at the Guilty Show on Twitter, the Nick of Time Show on Instagram, and the Nick of Time Show on Facebook. Appreciate all of you guys who are watching and staying up with us at almost one a.m. in the morning. Have a good day at work. Get a good night's sleep. All right, that is our show. We are out of here, and as always, shout out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. A mess out here in these Nick's YouTube streets. That is our show. We out of here. Peace. New York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. In, 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 in,